Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we've got an amazing story of grace and forgiveness. We're talking to pastor, politician and musician Chris Foley. My co-host today is Karen Hunt. How are you, Chris? How are you? Chris, I must say, I remember listening to your music many years ago, so it's nice to meet you by telephone. <laughs> well, that ages both of us. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, it does. <laughs> now, for those who don't know Chris, he is a, a politician in Queensland, in Maryborough, uh, one of the most uh, popular politicians uh, in Queensland's history. I think J.B. Peterson got a higher percentage rate, but I think uh, Chris is in there coming in very close. Yep. Also, uh, he's a, an independent. Uh, he's a pastor of a church called Grace Community Church, which is in the Wesleyan Methodist denomination. And uh, we met a few years ago uh, when we went to see Pastor Wayne Cadero in Hawaii. That's right. That was a great trip, wasn't it, eh? Oh, look, some, you know, sometimes you get buckled and sometimes you get Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason we went over there is, is because uh, Chris you know, loves the whole New Hope style of doing church, which is very outreach-focused, which is what you do with your church. And I remember, Chris, you just got a big tattoo of Australia on your chest. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a few other facts about Chris. Uh, he rides a Harley Davidson, and you've got a black belt in, is it ninjutsu? No, jujitsu. Jujitsu. I knew I'd get that wrong. Nice. So you're really a jack of all trades. Uh, let's find out a little bit about your uh, music career, things that Karen's mentioned that too. So you're really one of the fathers of Christian music. You know, when, when Steve Grace first started, and, you know, there was Larry Norman and Randy Stonehill, all those guys back in the days. Uh, that, you, you really got into it around the same time as family. Well, they were great days, and I mean, you know, I, I, I do fondly remember them, even though they were much, much longer ago than I care to admit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, Steve, uh, I remember Steve, I, I did a gig at the Hamburger Hut at Wollongong, and Steve Grace was this, um, uh, you know, young young guy. Um, I think he was, I was probably about 18 or 19, and he, I think he was about four years younger or something. But, yeah, Steve and I have been, uh, you know, Great mates ever since then, but back in those days, I was probably, um, you know, the well, don't, don't mean to sound conceited, but I was probably the most popular solo artist in in the country, and family were the most popular group. Yeah. So we often did, um, you know, gigs together. I mean, I've known the guys from family since we were about seventeen, but they were great days because in those days, as you said, we had a lot of um, American artists like. You know, Barry Maguire, Larry Norman, Randy Matthews, Randy Stonehill, Leon Petula. The list just goes on and on and on. And um, because I was, um, you know, well-known at the time, I, I was asked to do opening act for almost all of those guys. So, yeah, mm. yeah they, they were great days. I got to hang out with some really, really interesting people. Uh, I can tell you some really funny stories, some of which would probably not be suitable for radio. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you started out with that uh, Christian music career back in the days as a real forerunner. Uh, tell us, uh, what did you do for your career after after that little uh, bit, of, bit of the music scene? Well, I had this idea that, um, uh, yeah, and... I'm probably uh, unlike a lot of blokes who, oh, you know, we don't want to get married till we're, you know, older and you know, have have fun and all that. All I ever wanted to do was get married and have kids, <laughs> and that didn't happen till 27. So from 27, 
on, I met this wonderful, wonderful girl who I've been married to for um, nearly 29 years, would you believe? Mm. Um, and you only get 12 for murder, they say. The poor <laughs> kid, so. <laughs> but, uh, but we, um, yeah, so I got married and I said to myself, it'd be great to have a year off touring because I, I'd, I'd toured for like uh, probably about 11 years non-stop all over uh, Australia, New Guinea, New Zealand, you know, just constantly on the road. And as fun as that is, it is tiring. Absolutely. Mm. You know, and I, I, um, I literally, to this day, you know, maybe it's a feature of going to Parliament all the time, but I still just about live out of a suitcase next to my bed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, you know, it, it was just pack and unpack, pack and unpack all the time. So I, I wanted a year off. So I had a year off. We moved to Queensland. And then uh, after, oh, probably after 12 months, I just thought, you know, I think I'll set up a studio. So then I set up a studio. And basically, I never went back on the road after that. So um, I was having too much fun. And having then did you work at... quantities of children, you know. Did you work as an accountant for a while? Yeah. Well, after that, of course, what happened is that I set up the studio. That was all going very, very well, but it didn't pay anything. You know, it was very hard to uh, to make any sort of profit. So I'd always been interested in uh, in numbers. So I basically started studying, and uh, and and from there on in, um, uh, opened an accountancy practice. Ironically, with uh, Phil Truscott out of family, so mm. Phil and I started a company called Foley Truscott Group, and we ended up, um, you know, building that into a quite a large practice. We had about forty five staff in three locations, and. And we ended up selling that. And, um, but uh, along that way, um, I'd been pastoring a church as well. So I've always been bivocational as a pastor. Now, uh, you are also bivocational as a pastor. And one of my favorite stories you've told me in the past, and I've shared it at my church, is how you rate the success of your church on the number of people outside having a smoke during your service. That's right. <laughs> Tell us that story. It's called it's called the it's called the smoke test. So what we always <laughs> not say a screen is, um, a test. <laughs> if you walk around outside our church and there's lots of people smoking, then we're reaching the right sort of people. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're reaching the sort of people that Jesus would love to reach. Uh, but if not, you know, and and it's interesting when you really set the culture of your church to be missional, um, you know. And, and I always say to my people. You know, and we've been going bivocationally. We've been going almost twelve years now, and um, it's it's just, you know, I'm just so blessed to pastor this ragtag bag of people. You you come in on a Sunday night to Grace, and there's there's probably a dog in the front row, and uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, but we we have we have seen so many people from Maryborough who've never had a living thing to do with church. Mm. Start coming to grace, come to know the Lord, get baptized and just going on great guns. Mm. And and that's my beating heart. It'll never be a massive church because one of the things with reaching people like that is that they're usually poor, marginalized, they don't have any money, so it's hard to to do all the traditional things that you do in in a a modern-day church. But... Yeah, we're just blessed and privileged and loving it. Now, one of the other things um, that I mentioned before is your success as a politician. What, what was the percentage rate that you've been voted in as an independent MP? Um, at one stage, I think I had um, 82.33 or something other like That's that. That's massive, isn't it? I can never remember. <laughs> of the uh, two-party preferred vote, which 
it was the highest in Queensland um, and was within about a half a percent of, uh, of Joe's percentage mm-hmm. um, when the 1974 floods were on. Mm. So, yeah, it was... Um, I, I paid a lot of people $5 to vote for that. It was very simple. <laughs> well done. <laughs> uh, now, Chris, you've recently been on the front page of the Fraser Coast Chronicle, mm. standing with a big fella with a goatee beard and a young boy, and the title simply says, Forgiveness. Mm. For those listeners who haven't heard the story, do you want to tell us what the story is all about? In a nutshell, and it's a very long story and hard to make short, but um, our three-year-old son Joshua was was killed in an accident. Um, and he, he ran out on the road and got hit by a, a then 19-year-old boy called Danny. And, um, and for, that forever changed our life, of course, as would be expected, but also forever changed his and and yeah he he was just a young guy out riding his motorbike wasn't his fault it was just you know a very tragic accident but um the the ensuing events you know his life just spun out of control he 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 went into a very very deep depression uh started you know doing all the things that that people do when they try to self-medicate their way out of depression and he ended up just his life was just a mess, and um, yeah, he ended up um, with you know, very serious drug and drinking problems. Um, he drifted into an outlaw motorcycle gang, um, and and got involved with everything that, that goes on there. And and he basically ended up many many years later in prison. And um, we'd we'd stayed in touch with him on and off. Initially, when the accident happened, we had him over for tea quite a number of times I took him for a fly in the plane and, and you know it, we, we we really tried to just love the guy and say look we don't you know we're not blaming you it was just a tragic accident you know we know that you feel bad but don't feel bad on our account type of thing and and over the years I, I guess we kind of you know would occasionally bump into him or whatever but just as life goes on and, and we had more kids after that you know it just you just get busy and uh, and and things change, but but they didn't change from Danny. He, he just you know went from from bad to worse. And um, I got a I got a uh, a call when he was in prison from his family saying that Danny wants to know would you would you come and visit him? And he was very very um, almost not wanting to ask. And I, I just said, look, absolutely. So I went out and visited him and. Yeah, we had, we had about 20 minutes together and he was telling me that, you know, now he's um, he's got his own son, you know, he's a dear little boy. And he was the little guy that was featured on the page of the article. And he, he, he can fully understand then how we must feel. Because he was separated, um, you know, from, uh, from his boy in prison, he understood just an inkling of mm. what it must feel like for us. The loss. For all those years to be separated from our son. And so, look, we, we had a fantastic time together, and I just challenged him and said, Danny, you know, it's time for you to have a complete change of life. You know, you, you need, to, you need to, um, to meet Jesus. You need to have your life totally turned upside down, and you've got a chance now while you're in prison to, um, you know, to, to basically completely change the way you've been going. And... Uh, and and, you know, I sort of said, you know, I, I would see a time when, 
your son would go on and become a, a, a great Christian guy. So, you know, my dream for you is that you will meet Jesus and one day people will say, oh, my granddad, he was such a godly man. Mm-hmm. I said, Danny, that's you. So, I, yeah, we, and he was, he was crying his eyes out and I had, a, I had a few tears as well. I ended up praying for him. I, I didn't feel at that moment in time that it was appropriate you know, I, I wanted him to kind of um, digest um, that that sort of picture and vision and 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 what I'd said, and and I'd purpose to go back and visit him the next time because I thought, well, I'll I'll, I'll let him uh, you know get through that and then um, and <clears throat> maybe next time I visit we could talk to him about how you become a Christian. So in the meantime, I got a call uh, a week later from from the uh, chaplain out of the prison said, I think you should be the first to know that Danny has um, has given his life to Jesus. Wow. So, yeah, he was, you know, and he's in, in the Bible study and he's been coming regularly to church since he's been out. But the great night was the first night that, uh, that he came to grace and then everyone just loved him and hugged him and accepted him. And, yeah, so um, he and his partner and the little boy have been coming regularly. And, and what had happened, the, the story itself... There's almost an amazing story about the story. Um, uh, Just at the end of the year in Parliament, I took a very, very strong stand um, against the Civil Unions Bill. Mm -hmm. Not because I uh, I have any... um, I I actually became an official gay hate icon after that. So uh, there was a web page set up and all sorts of stuff. uh, um, But, you know, all I said is that yeah, in a democracy, I respect people's rights to live whichever way they want. But my feeling is that that children are best served when they're when they're raised by uh, a mum and a dad. And you know, the more we've moved away from that traditional family unit, the more chaotic our society has become. How true is uh, that? Yeah. In the end, though, what happened is that that drew the wrath of, uh, of the gay community, as, as would be imagined. Mm. And my local deputy editor of the, um, of the yeah, local newspaper, the guy who wrote the article, ended up really getting stuck into me about it and said, you know, you know how can an intelligent man like you see that this isn't, you know, you know it's about equality, etc., etc. So we had this massive, um, <laughs> massive debate one Sunday afternoon and uh, he was really challenging me, and, and we ended up doing a and a style question thing in the paper over it. But I, um, the next, the Monday morning, I always ring my journalist and thank him for a story, whether it's a good or a bad story. So I called him on Monday morning, and uh, he was, you know, pretty pretty straight, almost a bit grumpy with me during the initial interview. But then on the Monday morning, um, I rang him. He was really happy. You know, how are you, Chris? Good, mate. How was church last night? I said, it was probably the greatest night in my life as a pastor. And he said, wow, why? <laughs> and then I said, because a guy called Danny came to church. Mm, wow. And I said, and I don't want to bore you with the details. This is just, here's a snapshot. I had a three-year-old son who was killed in an accident. And then I said, and the guy who... who uh, who was riding the bike? Life spun out of spun out of control over many many years. Just got involved in all sorts of stuff. Ended up in prison, and uh, and I visited him. And then he became a Christian in prison. And last night he came to church, mm. 
and I said it was just the most wonderful night and you know everyone loved him and accepted him and all that and the journalist went very quiet on the other end of the phone I was thinking oh, he's probably thinking here we go religious rubbish and claptrap <laughs> blah 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 and uh, he actually told me a couple of days later that he was in tears while I was telling him the story oh, powerful. and you know how sometimes you think I should have said this <laughs> I actually said exactly what I should have said at the end of telling him about that, I said, Matt, that's what I was trying to tell you yesterday about the Christianity that I believe in. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, because um, yeah, he was saying, well, you know, how can you be a Christian and be judgmental, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, you know, I said, I don't know any Christians that hate gays. You know, it's not a, gay, it's not a hate thing at all. You know, I said, in fact, um, most Christians I know are very, very compassionate and loving and kind, you know. So I, I just basically said to uh, to Matt, that's that's the kind of Christianity I'm talking about. Mm. And he said, he was very, very quiet, then he just came back and he said, mate, he said, that is the most extraordinary story I've heard probably ever. And it's not just a story, hey, Chris. I mean, the journey of yourself, Chris Foley, and the man, Denny Ace, it's an yep. amazing one. It's, it's impacting so many people. Yeah. It really is. And I, I just looked at it and, and he said, look, he said, we, we've got to do an article on it. He said, that, he said, it's coming up for Christmas. He said, that, that's just forgiveness at an incredible level. And, and I said, well, you know, I, I'm not taking any credit for that. I'm just living my life, you know. That's just the way, you know. I, what, the decisions that we make are always congruent with our, um, our philosophy of life, which is, you know, based on uh, on what we believe you know and uh so he ended up saying can we do a story and i said well look i would really have to ask danny first because i don't want to you know tread on any sensibilities you know he might be embarrassed or or whatever i said i'll give him a call and come back to you and danny said yeah absolutely you know so he ended up writing a story and the story has just gone crazy I, I another member of parliament rang me from um the sunshine coast and said oh mate he said, I never knew. He said, I'm so sorry to hear about your son. He said, I just never knew. He said, but that story, he said, I, I was just cried like a baby, you know. And um, Well, I read the story, Chris, so I had uh, someone from another radio station email it to me, and uh, I ended up preaching about it on Christmas Day in my Christmas sermon. Oh, really? Yeah, and <laughs> no. I had people say to me that was the best Christmas message they've ever heard because, wow. you know, Christmas is about the forgiveness and the grace of God and Absolutely. Jesus coming to the earth. And, yeah, yep. so to finally hear from you and hear your story. Yeah, well, and I didn't realise, I just thought it was a story just in the local paper, mm. but yeah, this Member of Parliament that talked to me, he was from Sunshine Coast, and uh, it was in the Sunshine Coast Daily, and then someone else rang me from North Queensland, so I don't know how many papers it's gone in, but, you know, I, I look, I just look at it, and I just think to myself, I am so privileged to be part of a story of grace that is simple enough that people can understand, you know, mm. it the the grace of God just basically, you know, it, it says it all. Mm. It, it's all about grace. Thank you so much for your time, Chris. We've got to go, but okay. um, we really appreciate it and we're praying for uh, continued wisdom for you and we love to pray for our politicians. Thank you so much, Chris. God bless. Yeah, yeah God bless, bless you, you and all of your family. Bye-bye. Okay, bye bye
Thanks so much for joining us on History Makers today. You know, the vision of History Makers is to spread the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. We're now on over 58 radio stations around Australia and Pacific nations, and we're so excited about the opportunity we have to broadcast the good news on the airwaves. If you would like to make a donation, please go to our website, historymakersradio.com. There you can also download interviews. We've got some great web links and some great information for you about following Jesus. So please go to historymakersradio.com. I'm Matt Prater. God bless. Go and make history. History. History.